Joy to Christian Womanhood. This series is called A Mighty Woman's Artillery. And what we've been doing for the last several weeks is studying the pieces in the armor of God that are listed in Ephesians chapter 6 and learning how to apply them to our lives so that we can be mighty women of God who are fit and ready for battle. Today is part five in this series, and we're going to study the fifth piece of the armor, which is called the helmet of salvation. Until just recently, I've always wondered why Paul listed the shield of faith as being the piece of armor to take above everything else instead of the helmet of salvation. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Then we have verse 17, which says, And take the helmet of salvation, one of the quickest non-descriptive parts of this passage in Ephesians 6. It's interesting. So let's dive into what this means. Last week, when we discussed faith, we learned that faith is what leads us to salvation. We are only saved by grace through faith. Paul is talking to Christians. He's talking to those of us who are born again and redeemed by God from sin. And as I said last week, we are all immediately drafted into the army of God once we come to Jesus. So we are soldiers, and every wise soldier needs a helmet. A helmet in warfare protects the head, and it's an extremely important piece because our enemy will typically go for the head in order to gain an advantage in combat. The devil does the exact same thing spiritually. The helmet of salvation gives us hope, and it protects our minds against anything that would disorient us, anything that would discourage us or deceive us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 talks about the hope of salvation. Now, it's important not to be confused and think that this means we're in danger of losing our salvation. No, the Bible clearly teaches that we are sealed through Jesus Christ once we become a Christian. An old Sunday school teacher of mine used to say, I have been saved. I am being saved, and I will be saved. Salvation is a present tense action. I was saved at a very young age. I was saved when I was five and a half. I was saved then. I am saved today, and I will be saved tomorrow. Salvation is ongoing. Having the hope that we are under the blood, and nothing we do can cause us to slip out of God's hand, that knowledge motivates us. And it sustains us in this war. Assurance of salvation is a logical target for the enemy. It's understandable that this would be something that he would go after. In attacking the mind of a Christian by planting seeds of doubt, what our enemy is doing is handicapping that Christian with depression or with a consuming sense of self. When a woman of God is constantly worried, when she's fretting over the assurance of salvation, then she really isn't able to be effective in battle. And that's what the devil wants. The hope of salvation is our helmet of safety against all the lies that would render us completely useless in our fight. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 tells us that we are what we think. If while in combat our mind is elsewhere then we're in big trouble. 
Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 calls Satan that old serpent who deceives the whole world. 1 Peter 5 8 tells us to be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. The devil's out to get us. He is not passive in this war. Now he's actively on a mission. He's wanting to hurt us. He's seeking to deceive us and he wants us powerless. He's trying to take us down. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus is telling his disciples that he is sending them out into the world and he compares it to sending sheep out into a pack of wolves. Then Jesus instructs his followers to be harmless as doves and wise as serpents. I find that very interesting and a great picture of a mighty man or woman engaged in spiritual combat. We should be harmless as doves, or in other words, we should be walking with our shoes of peace on. We should also be wise as serpents. It's interesting to me that the first appearance of Satan in the scriptures is as a serpent. The word of God calls him subtle, and it says that he was cunning. He's easily able to deceive. Jesus encouraged us to be wise as serpents. And I think that speaks of knowing your enemy. It is much easier for me to avoid being defeated by my enemy when I've studied how he works. If I was my enemy, if I was my own opponent, I know exactly what I would go after. I know exactly how I would attack because I know my weaknesses. I know my temptations. The best armies in history have achieved the greatest victories by learning and studying their enemy and then acting accordingly. Football teams currently do this when they watch tapes of their opposing team and they see all the different plays that they make and they understand how they can best be on the defense and offense when they go up against that team in the next game. So believe it or not, our enemy has weaknesses. So the helmet provides us with wisdom and clarity on how to successfully defeat the devil. The helmet of salvation works to protect our thoughts from our enemies' attacks and temptations to disobey God. Without that helmet, we are vulnerable. We can easily become worried and anxious and having the cares of this world steer our attitude and steer our actions. It's important to have this helmet on so we can think clearly, so we can be sober-minded. Titus chapter 2, 1 Peter 4, there's several passages in the Word of God that instruct the believer to be sober-minded or clear-minded. A practical way to look at this is to ask yourself what you are being controlled by. What type of influences are you receiving? What kind of teaching are you taking in? Being clear-headed is absolutely vital in a war. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, Paul says, But we have the mind of Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Our head and our mind can only be sober and sound and clear when we have that helmet on. And it can't be passively done. We can't wake up and tell ourselves, I'm saved, so I'm good. We have to meditate on the truths of Scripture. 
We have to be honest about our weaknesses and identify our sins and then take those sins to the throne room of God and place them on his altar in repentance. We have to acknowledge that the enemy that we are up against is much more real than anything we can tangibly touch or physically see. And we have to actively work to spoil all of his attempts to get inside our heads. It's easy to let our minds run wild with worst case scenarios. I know that when a situation or a fear or an attack comes against me and tries to plant itself in my mind, I have the tendency to get inside my own head and allow those thoughts to take root instead of being intentional and putting on the helmet of salvation. We forget how powerful these weapons are. We forget as women of God how mighty we can be if we will use the artillery that God has so graciously given to us. He gives us truth that never changes. He gives us the ability to live His righteous life through us. He gives us peace even in the heat of battle. He gives us faith that can slay any giant and move any mountain. And He gives us the protective covering of salvation that is ongoing and all-powerful. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5 is probably my favorite passage on this topic. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We are not fighting flesh and blood, as Ephesians 6.12 tells us. And so our weapons aren't physical. However, they are mighty. They pull down what the Bible calls strongholds or fortresses. So every time we have a thought that comes against the truth of God's word, we are to put our helmet securely on our heads so that ungodly or deceitful thoughts won't penetrate us but fall to the ground instead. The Bible says to take those thoughts, take those whisper attacks from your enemy, take them captive, and then think on the truths of God's word. Meditate on Philippians 4.8, but do not allow that old serpent to hypnotize you, to get inside your head, and to deceive you. I read this quote, and, and I love it. It says, the helmet is that great hope of final salvation that gives us confidence and assurance that our present struggle with Satan will not last forever and we will be victorious in the end. I hope you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information, please visit wherejoyis.com. I pray you will fix your mind on things above today as you wear the helmet of God's great salvation. Amen.